Hey guys, and welcome to another video. Dr. Sil here, junior doctor from Sydney, Australia. And today I'm talking to Dr. Kaishin Tanaka. Um, he's the registrar on the neurology team that I'm with. Thank you so much for um, having a chat to no us. No worries. I feel like you've done um, almost every term that's related to brains. You've done neurology, <laughs> neurosurgery, neurointervention, and I thought it would be great to talk to you a little bit about uh, the basic physician's training program, your pathway, why you love the brain, and your story. First off though, I'd like to know, was there ever a patient case or anything that you saw clinically that made you like fall in love with the neuro side of uh, medicine? Uh, I, I don't think there's a specific case that mm. made me um, think, oh, like oh, neuro is what I want to do. Definitely, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a realistic... Okay. What is it? It's going to be in a stroke call. It's a stroke call. But we're not the team in charge of stroke right now, so... There are, there are doctors going to that stroke <laughs> call, don't worry. Um, what was I saying? So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there hasn't been a specific patient. Um, there's been several patients along the way which has made me, or which has, you know, affirmed my interest in the field. I think for me, um, my interest in neuro started when I was, probably when I was a medical student, um, as we were going through our rotations in different specialties, when I got to my neuro rotation, just learning the science of everything and, and learning how there's still so much that we don't understand, how you could read a textbook and they would have a name for an anatomical part of the brain, but they don't know the function of it. It just, you know, fascinated me and made me want to go into that field to, to understand it better. And also maybe to maybe understand myself better as well. Really? Ways, so yeah. you, it's kind of like you're using your own yeah, brain to exactly. discover your somehow, own brain? Somehow mm. I felt like that could, yeah, that could satisfy that kind of curiosity as well. How much of the brain do you think we actually understand? I think... As a percentage? Uh, I think that question, the answer to that question changes every year that right. we get more research. And Does it we get find bigger that, or smaller? Yeah, I think it gets smaller. It's like we, we think we've gotten somewhere and then we realise, oh wait, actually, there's this whole other side of things that we didn't know about and um you know it just opens up more questions, more questions. yeah exactly I, I reckon that begs the question like do you think we would ever fully understand the brain and if we yeah. go along that trajectory of thinking i think that you start when you start going into that it kind of ends up being a philosophical discussion about um you know what is the brain what is consciousness <laughs> yeah. like what yeah. is what does it mean to understand the brain well we really? deal with that yeah, exactly. you deal with yeah. that in neurology all the time exactly Some of the interesting cases yeah. you saw yeah so from when i was um working in intervention there was a a case with a a child about seven to ten years old mm. um he came into our hospital um after he had played he was playing on a, a seesaw and he'd just fallen off and became completely unconscious after that um he, he came to our hospital, we found that he had um, a lot of blood in his brain. Um, and after they did a contrast scan, they could see that he had this enormous aneurysm that was taking up like a third of the size of, his, of the space in his skull, essentially. 
Yeah, it's huge, huge aneurysm. Do we think that that was obviously there before the the fall? Yeah, the it fall was just no one had, obviously hadn't he hadn't had scans for wow. whatever reason. I mean, he wouldn't have had to. He was fine up yeah. until that point. Um, and he's obviously this aneurysm's obviously ruptured. And so he's, he's been living with this aneurysm the size yeah, of a third yeah. of his brain yeah, exactly. his whole life. Yeah. He falls off the, the seesaw. Falls off the seesaw. It's popped, and oh. yeah. So he's had this massive hemorrhage into his brain. So guys, yeah. the aneurysm is when a blood vessel is dilating. So someone had an anatomical abnormality. So a big, a big blood vessel, and then it's weakened because it's so dilated, and it's popped after a fall. Yeah. Yeah. So he came to our hospital. Um, because he was in the area, mm. he would have otherwise gone to a children's hospital because it was such a critical um, case. He came to us, um, and then that's when I I was involved from the morning. He came in the morning, and we were basically trying to figure out what to do with him for the entire day. So he, he went to the interventional department first. Um, we tried to coil the aneurysm and stabilize the, the bleed. Um, he. And just to kind of break that down a little bit for like medical students and people who don't do medicine, yeah. coiling an aneurysm. Yeah, you're basically also then filling up that kind of uh, enlarged blood vessel with a bunch of metal coils. Mm. So it just physically blocks blood from flowing out through that. Right, so actually plugging yeah, it off. So, so plugging it stops up the, whole, the blood flow. Yeah, right, right. By filling it up with something else essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we tried to do that um, and it was, it seemed to be somewhat successful, but he was still very uptunded and, and obviously unstable. So Unconscious. And yeah, yeah, unconscious. So he needed to have surgery to decompress that, um, which I also got the privilege of scrubbing in for as well. And so I got to see um, them decompressing this child's brain. So how did they do that? So opening up the skull essentially, just making an incision, a rather large one, taking out a piece of bone and just letting the brain relax. And so then, when they take the yeah. bone off, is it a circle that they just they kind yeah. of pull off? And do you see the brain, you see the brain just swell right you out? You see the it? brain swelling out and you can see how tense it is. You can see the blood as well mm. that's surrounding can, the brain. Do they remove some of the Yeah, you generally yeah. kind of wash it off, um, you know, trying to release some pressure, but you're basically just trying to take out the skull so the brain can just have expand out, expand. have room to expand. It doesn't um, get constricted in the confined space of the skull because that's the main concern. If, if, uh, if a brain has um, got too much pressure inside um, and you don't believe the pressure, then it damages everything in, yeah. in there. It just leads to permanent deficits, basically. What happened after? So after that, he stayed in the ICU for just, just overnight just because um, they wanted him to be stable for transport to a child's a children's hospital, um, and he was subsequently transferred. Um, following on from that, um, we did a review of his imaging um, on our end, um, and we found, unfortunately, that he actually suffered had suffered a stroke, another stroke, whilst he was having um, the interventional procedure, which we couldn't see at the time because he was being rushed off to surgery and everything, um, and. It was one of the reasons why the children's hospital was actually having a lot of difficulty waking him up from his um, sedation. So unfortunately, what had actually happened, we had found, is he had um, he had developed uh, an ischemic stroke. So there was actually a clot that developed in one of his other blood vessels. As, as a result, an unrelated as an un thing? it's a complication, a complication of having had the having to, trying to do the coiling procedure. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that's one of the risks of coiling exactly, procedures. Yeah. So you're fixing one problem yeah. that saved his life that day, yeah. but caused, caused another, another problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have so, to manage longer term. Exactly, yeah. So he just, I mean, just this kid had everything that could have gone wrong. That's an awful wrong, case. Which is, yeah, very yeah. unfortunate. 
Um, but I think for me, it just showed me, you know, how much we can do. Um, it showed me how much um, care needs to be taken within this specialty and within um, treating someone from a neurological point of yes. view. Yes, and, and what I remember, yeah. like I did a neurosurge term as a student, yeah. and that was the one where you would see people go from very unconscious to very conscious very quickly exactly. if, you, if, if, if yeah, everything worked if you out. Can do... But then if things don't work out, like things can go bad so quickly exactly. and it's all yeah. about the, like it, you just have to be yeah. so careful. Very, very, Sometimes yeah. you can't control it obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. Complications can happen without your control and I mean that's one of the other sides of it I suppose just having um, consideration of the fact that you're, when you're the one who's doing these procedures, um, you know, a lot of um, responsibility is placed on yeah. your hands. It's a lot of um, privilege but it's also a lot of responsibility. And it's a privilege um, to have that responsibility. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's honorable. Yeah. 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 Um, so, what, what, so how are you and did you always want to do medicine or what was your pathway into the medical world and then into neurology? Did, did you, were you born in Sydney? No, no, I've had a very complicated backstory. I was um, born in the US. Oh, okay. Born in the US, grew up in the UK came to Australia around high school, right. just before high school. Um, wanted to do medicine, I'd say, from first year uni. Did you have an English accent when you got to Australia? I did, very, very strong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if now I can actually kind of just, if, that, if <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, people, it's, it was much <laughs> it's stronger. It's yeah, oh, yeah, it? Yeah, it was <laughs> much stronger when I first was in Australia and yeah. then it kind of you you know, dissolved a little yeah, bit, I that happens. Um, But yeah, I, I'd say I think I wanted to do medicine from from when I f did my first year of university. And what did you do at university? Uh, I just did a Bachelor of Science as my undergrad. Okay, and you did and a I bunch majored, of different science courses. Yeah, well, I majored in um, medicinal, sorry, I majored in medicinal chemistry. Oh, right. um, so I had some exposure to biomedical sciences yeah. um, and that's really what I think made me want to pursue medicine as a career. And so then did you do postgraduate medicine? I did, yes. Whereabouts? University of Sydney. You said, yeah, Sydney. how did you find yeah. that? Um, overall, it was fine. I people find it. it very overwhelming I mean, when they've done it. Like you did a science undergrad, which yeah. gave you a bit of a footing. Yeah. But still, people find it like super. That is true. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely parts of doing the course which were difficult. Mm. Um, and I mean, medical education is something that I think is still an ongoing process of improvement for all you know in educational institutions around the world. There's probably no perfect way of doing it, but. Um, you know, it's, it was definitely a help having the science background. Um, definitely had some difficulties um, with, you know, ongoing clinical learning as well. Like, it's difficult, I understand from, a, from an educational institution's point of view, it's difficult to always have, um, you know, clear guidelines as what to learn because it's, you know, it's always changing and there's lots of things. Um, but, you know, there, I, th I suppose that was what I found difficult sometimes was just knowing what I needed to know and how much I needed to know and it's difficult for um, anyone to kind of define that as you go along as a as So a do you think that's why it's so hard to like teach medicine like you're saying how like it's a process of improvement yeah. which is a very nice way of saying yeah. like it's, it's, <laughs> it's imperfect globally there's yeah. no there's yeah, no perfect yeah. medical course yeah but like why is that why is it so hard yeah like, I what think, do you think yeah like I think um definitely the fact that there's just so much stuff in medicine um, knowing as a medical student what you need to know and what you can sort of maybe just know roughly about is, yeah. is difficult. 
um, especially when you get thrown textbooks from every single direction and you're every just like, do I need to learn oh. all of this? And then someone, One of my pet peeves of medical yeah. school is like when a niche spe like um, specialist comes in to do a niche yeah. tute and gives you a textbook to read, like the whole textbook. It's exactly. like, that's unrealistic. We can't read a textbook on every specialty. Yeah. Guys, like, just be realistic. What do we need to know when we call you for help? That's what we exactly. need to know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it can make things difficult when you're trying to study for exams. If you hadn't really had that kind of framework to begin with, you may have been kind of reading things which may not have been um, what they wanted you to know about in the exam. Yeah. Um, no clear No clear, no clear Exactly, yeah. No, everything about everything, that's how it felt. Yeah, like. exactly. So I think that was one of the main difficulties I found. Um... Okay, so then you made it through medical school. Congrats. Yeah, that's that's not easy for anyone. Um, and tell me about your junior doctor years. Yeah, so I did internship at Ronald Shaw Hospital. Uh, and then I was a resident there as well. And then I did uh, an SRMO year, which is a senior resident year after that. That's what I'm doing next year. So this year I'm a mm -hmm. resident. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked working at Ronald Shaw Hospital. I think it was a great hospital for me to train at um, and learn the basics. Did you do any neuro or neurosurgery yeah, as, yeah, a, absolutely. as a junior? I, right. I did a neurosurgery and a neurology term. Oh, wow. And I got also um, some exposure to other terms. I did a lot of cardio-related things as well. Well, that's good because um, the, the heart and the brain, the two most important organs, some might argue, yeah. Yeah, a lot of strokes, of course, because yeah. of bad hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was also very fortunate that uh, Royal North Shore is a hospital that does interventional neuro procedures oh, okay. as well. So I got exposure to that through through my hospital. In a neurology term? Uh, neurology and as a, as a senior resident as well. And did yeah. you, so did you do a specific neuro intervention term? Correct, yeah. yeah. So my my senior resident year was focused on neurointervention. Okay, and for people who don't know what, like for medical students who are interested in the brain and want to kind of understand what neurology versus neurosurgery versus neurointervention is, what's, how do they split up and what's the difference between them? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, as with other specialties, you can kind of look at the, the um, organ systems as a split of a surgical versus a medical type of thing. Um, so neurology is the medical, um, side of the neurological system and the disorders of it and neurosurgery is obviously the surgical sign. Um, really the, the, the split just comes down to the types of pathologies that you're dealing with. So if you're having tumours or other kinds of lesions that physically need to be cut out. Yeah, that's there's, no, surgery, there's no pill there's, that you can remove. Yeah, you can't really do much yeah, if, yeah. other than just going and doing something about it surgically. Yeah. On the other hand, if you have something that you cannot cut out, <laughs> or you can't go in and do something about it, like a stroke or someone who has a demyelinating condition like multiple sclerosis, then you need to treat that with medication and that's where the neurologist comes in. And so you did your residency in the neurointervention yeah. and now is, is this PGY? This is my PGY seven year actually. Yeah, so you're yeah, seven so years out and we're up to fourth year of your junior doctor years. Yeah, yeah. So I did um, two more years after that as a neurosurgery registrar. Oh, right, you did that as a senior as well, like yeah, as, a, yeah. as a registrar. As a registrar, yeah, yeah, so. And did you want to get on the program? Were you trying to be a well, neurosurgery? Yeah. yeah, I did want to, I mean, I, neurosurgery and neuroscience, that was something I'd always been interested in. I wanted to try 
um, giving neurosurgery a go. Um, obviously, it is uh, a much more difficult pathway to pursue in terms of getting onto the training program. Um, and so my rationale was to give that a go first and make sure I have like all the um, relevant experience to give it a proper try um, because it's much easier to go from something um, competitive to something that's not as competitive to get into if you did want to tr you know change specialties. So from neurosurgery, high, competitive, high yeah. competition, do your best to get yeah. on and if it doesn't work out or they expect yeah, too exactly. many years out of you, you can then you can go then for a neurologist in your own to then, which, which is, is still competitive. Which is still competitive uh, but the, com the competition for that is not at the training stage, it's actually at the consultant oh, okay. level and the, the sort of senior level. So okay. um, it just meant that I could progress my training along as a junior quicker and get to a, an area that I'm interested in still want to work in, you know, anyway. Sooner. Yeah, yeah. sooner. Yeah. Um, and did you apply for the training program and do interviews? And what were they like? Yeah, were they so pretty nerve-wracking to get the, on the surgical, I, surgical interview? So I, I only went through the application process once. Okay. Um, the, I I'd basically just had to sit an exam and then sub go through with my CV and references and everything. Um, that year I didn't have um, the, the curriculum or the, the CV points um, that they needed and so I was doing that as a trial run. Right. Um, and then subsequent to that they changed the entry requirements right. for getting into neurosurgery and so that would have added on two more unaccredited registrar years um, which I had considered doing um, and I was you know almost going to just stay at my um, other hospital that was I was working at as a neurosurgery registrar mm. previously um, and but then I sort of felt as though like neurointervention was something I had done as a senior resident as I said before you know it was something I could see myself doing as a career I was very very interested in it anyway um, and you know, I could go through it as um, doing physician's training as well, and I felt without needing to do yeah. all the unaccredited exactly. years, and I could just and applying again and again, costing ten. Yeah. like you have to pay. How much does it cost to apply to it? Yeah, so the exam itself, I think, maybe cost me about five thousand dollars. Five grand yeah. for an exam? Yeah. Is it multiple choice? It was multiple choice. That's correct. horrible. Yeah, there's nothing in that that should no. cost five thousand dollars. <laughs> that's so yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> but that's really rough. Five grand for yeah. a multiple choice exam. Okay, and so, so what's the normal pathway? So you do like for people who are interested in neurosurgery uh, training, can you explain the pathway to become a neurosurgeon and compare that to the BPT neurology yeah, pathway? Yeah. So neurosurgery uh, in Australia, basically, you um, you just to get onto the training program, which is five years, I think, five or six years. You basically just have to get into the accredited um, college um, program. Yeah. So that's the the uh, Neurosurgical Society of Australia's college training program. Yeah. So you've done med school, you're, you've yeah. done your intern done. and residency, yeah. and then you're a resident, and then you're applying. Then you're working as a registrar, yeah. applying to this, if you know, the, yeah. the, uh, the college. Yeah. And then that's um, your that's your then goal. Then when you get on, yeah. it's five years, that's, but it takes yeah. years to get on. Yeah, exactly. That's your goal, um, at least from finishing as a resident to then moving forwards to neurosurgical training. Um, is to get onto the program basically and to get onto the program you need um, a combination of things so as I said there's an exam that you have to sit um, every year you apply uh, you have to get a certain score on that exam it's just a neuroanatomy based exam um, you have uh, point requirements on your CV and that usually consists of um, things like experience as an unaccredited neurosurgery registrar 
things like publications, presentations, posters, um, and also your references, so um, previous consultants that you've worked with, um, you know, vouching for you. Yeah. And this um, is, it's very taxing because you have to work full time, like yeah. no part time applications really, no. real, like exactly. if we're being honest, yeah, get yeah. in. Yeah. And then you have to do the research and the audits and the, the thing, the, yeah, the points yeah. boosters on top of full-time work. Stuff. And full-time work has heaps of overtime. Yes, you know, as yeah, a registrar, exactly. you're the one who's there in the weekends. Exactly. And as a neurosurgery registrar, you, you do work long yeah. hours, obviously. You... So make sure you get your divorce before the <laughs> training, because <laughs> doing a divorce during your training will be very hard. <laughs> it's popular to get one after you finish everything. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll leave it at that. It's much easier to get a girlfriend yeah. or a partner afterwards. It's yeah. harder to do it during. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, um, Okay, and then once you're on with those points, then it's just then, as per the college yeah, exactly. requirements. Yeah, yeah. Then you just once you're on, it's usually smoother. You just do what the college wants you to do. Um, it, it's not easy either when you're on because you still get you're still at the mercy of the college because they they will they can send you to whatever hospital needs. Really, they so choose where you go. They do. You put in preferences, but yeah. they will ultimately say where you go and it's because it's an Australian and New Zealand based um, organization so you can potentially be sent to New Zealand you can be sent, potentially be sent to other states in Australia as well yeah and then there's an exit exam because I remember yes. one of my registrars uh, when I was a student um, doing neurosurgery was that was really tough Yes. exit exam to becoming the final exactly. big boss consultant yeah. fellowship exam fellowship yeah exam. yeah it's a uh, I only know roughly what it involves. It it's, consists of um, a written paper as well as a, an oral viva. Yeah, the oral viva yeah. is tough. And that's when they grill you on cases and the get you to... My, most minute yeah. of information, exactly. yeah, yeah, and a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I'm sure that costs Probably. a healthy bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, because it right. involves real people. Yeah. yeah, so that's the neurosurgery pathway. What about yes. neurology? If I want to become a neurologist, yes. what do I do? So neurology in Australia, so you... It's a, um, it's a medical specialty through the College of Physicians. You have to complete basic physician training, which is um, training which uh, makes you go through multiple different uh, medical specialties. Um, and it's what we call BPT. BPT whenever, whenever yeah. we, we use the term BPT, it's yeah. basic physician training. So it's, it's, it's a registrar, so more senior than a resident, less senior than a more senior doctor. Yeah. And you do a lot of, medi a lot of medicine. Yeah. So you need to know your renals, you need to know your geriatrics. Exactly. Even if you want to be a neurologist, you yeah. need to know it all. Yeah, yeah. And then at, once you've done all the required things in BPT, you sit your exit exams, I guess, for BPT, which consists of a multiple choice exam, which covers the whole of internal medicine um, it's basically like a um, medical school exam on steroids right um, <laughs> um, and, then, yeah, and then you do your clinical exams and well. you just did what because you've just finished some exams yeah I've just done the written yeah. okay and there's also the OSCE is that what you're no, saying no I haven't done that one yet and that's coming that's soon that's coming if I pass the written fantastic yeah. so you have a little bit of a, a time now you finish your, your yeah. written you don't know your results so you can be existential about that <laughs> yeah, and you can I'm, I'm in limbo but in limbo. I'm not obligated to do anything at this point okay, because so there's you're no chilling. point at this point a little, yeah. bit, a little bit a little bit yeah yeah yeah, so once if I pass these exams, I will move on to clinical exams, which are the OSCEs. Right. Um, and again, yeah, that's just basically um, where they assess you on your ability to examine patients and formulate detailed plans and management you know, plans and them. Yeah. Yeah. And then you become what? An advanced trainee? Is yes. That and right? then after that, you that's when you break into your 
chosen sub-specialization. So for me, I'm going to be neurology. But yeah, it would be, you could choose medical oncology, you could choose renal medicine, um, cardiology, you know. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, so it's a marathon, really, isn't it? Like you've been doing this, you're eight, PGY seven? Seven, yeah. Seven. Yeah. So you're, you're like seven, eight years out of med school almost. Um, how do you balance the work-life uh, balance? Like, or do you, have you like had problems with burnout or has it been a yeah. pretty crazy ride? Everyone's different, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone can handle exactly. different intensities of yeah. workload. Everyone is different. I, I, I mean, I think just me, my personality, I think I am drawn to kind of high pressure situations and fast paced kind of things. Um, and so I, I, like I really loved my um, time as a SRMO and a um, neurosurgery registrar, I think I learned a lot. And even though it was hard work and long hours, um, I, I, I enjoyed everything and I learned a lot. Right. So um, can you say that you haven't had burnout? Like, I don't, I, I never fine. felt burnout yeah. Fantastic. personally. I, I think my interest in my specialty has kept me going. Yeah. And that's, that's not, awesome. that, you know, not everyone can say that. Um, lots of people obviously don't have the same kind of um, feeling towards, um, you know, whatever training they do, um, and you know, that's just everyone's yeah. different. Yeah, everyone's different. That's yeah. Fine. All right. Thanks so much for chatting, yeah. uh, Kai. I think that's we'll have to wrap it up mm -hmm. uh, now because everything's running out of battery again. But um, before we go, what's your favorite part of the brain and why? <laughs> yeah, that's a very difficult question. I think. Um, because I, I, I like, I mean, I think the brain is just a single organ, but I, if I had to say something, yeah. um, and it's not really a specific part, but it's, I don't know, the gray matter of the brain. I mean, right. I guess that's where- The cortex. That's just, yeah, where that's just where, where the stuff are. happens. Yeah, that's right. where- So what is the gray matter? Give us a little rundown. Yeah, the gray matter is basically, as the name suggests, it's the gray color part of the brain, which if you, if you see it in your, um, you know, textbook pictures of, um, of uh, you know cross sections of the brain, it's the kind of the outer layer mm. of, of all this, the nervous tissue, and it's basically where all the nerve cells are. Yeah, basically. and it's where all the like fun happens. That's where all the yeah. thought and consciousness and and stuff yeah. is really really yeah. happening. The rest of the brain is just like uh, circuitry. It's just getting exactly. information from point yeah. A to point B, as far as we know. Yeah, as far uh, as we know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, if you I, look into it, maybe yeah. we're wrong, and there's more questions to answer. The connections are probably just as important as yeah. the cells themselves nowadays. Right. So, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Thank you so much for the chat. Just for the record, uh -huh. we don't represent the College of Physicians or anything. Yeah, this is informal advice. So yeah. make sure you double check everything with the websites. Thank you so Absolutely. much for the chat. No um, we've got to go back up to the ward and uh, I'll see you all in the next video, guys. Right. Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs>